The train headed for Sunset City will be departing soon. Welcome to Sunset City, everyone. I'm your host, Nick, at least for this week. And I, I'm an adult who has a problem. I can't seem to top, stop talking about Sonic the Hedgehog. So, to join me in Hedgehogs Anonymous, I've brought along some friends. So I figured we'd go around the room and introduce each other and, well, just talk about where our addiction started. For me, it was Sonic the Hedgehog number one because I'm an old man. And I peeked out at Sonic 3 and Knuckles. And life has just been a miserable string of disappointments ever since. So, Suris, why don't you introduce yourself? <laughs> sure thing. Uh, so, my name is Suris. Uh, I have a channel called Necosurus where I bitch about Sonic and stuff over there as well. I Actually, I don't bitch about Sonic that much over there. Not as much as Nick. Nick has the problem here. I don't have a problem. I can put Sonic down whenever I want. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to be done talking now. I'm going to throw it to Wayne. Oh, uh, hi, I'm Wayne. Um, I have not really talked about Sonic much on my channel yet, but it is a series that has been breathing down my neck since I was a wee lad. It was what got me started on console gaming uh, back with Sonic Adventure on the Dreamcast. And uh, despite not being a huge fan of every game that's come out, I still get excited every time I see the blue blur coming out with something new. So, yep. Anyway, on to Pup. Hello, I'm Pup. Uh, I simp for the werehog. And um, I... <laughs> Closeted furry. Not yeah. No, no, no. But I occasionally do Sonic content over on my channel, which is rapidly declining. So can I get some pity subs, please? <laughs> we could all we could all use pity subs. Let's be fair. <laughs> Every one of us I could mean... use pity subs, especially this channel with this podcast. True. This is this is a this is a yes. new channel, so we could <laughs> we could use your pity. Look, if you think that a bunch of a bunch of grown adults who can't stop talking about an anthropomorphic uh, hedgehog who's got a chili dog addiction. Uh, if you think that we have a problem, we agree. So subscribe. It'll fix the problem. I guarantee you. I don't it's, agree. But yeah, sure. It's fascinating, <laughs> though. Like, we always joke about this. Every time I've had a conversation online with anyone since uh, I started meeting people online, we always joke about, oh, just can't shut the hell up about Sonic the Hedgehog. And then we end up talking for three hours about Sonic the Hedgehog. It never fails. It's it's such a fascinating franchise. We just you can't stop talking about it, even if you aren't that invested in it. And truth be told, I've not beaten most of the 3D games because there was other stuff I liked better by the time those games were coming out. And I just pieced out. But I'm always paying attention and I'm always talking about it, obviously. So you're saying you That's haven't where... played the gameplay and cinematic masterpiece that is Sonic Forces? I've played and beaten it. I, uh, that script, man, for that video, I literally rewrote it three times because the first one was such a jumbled mess because I did not know how to feel about that game. <laughs> and then we're, and here we are yeah. four years later, still talking about that fucking thing. It's one of those things where it's been so long since the last mainline Sonic game that it's like the freshest thing in our heads. And even that's pretty stale, but it's Stop. like, it's cast a weird shadow over, I think, a lot of the Sonic fan base at this point. Like, 
Sonic Forces. Like, and I sometimes think people kind of see the situation as worse than it is. I like to think that Sonic Forces is just like an anomaly, and that the next one will be at least more in the, at least more in line with maybe Colors or Generations or something. Here's my thinking about this whole thing. This is kind of why I, uh, and I know I've spoken with each of you. I think outside of Wayne specifically. Um, about wanting to do a podcast because I don't really cover Sonic news. That's not what my channel's about. But I always want to talk about it, and I've got awesome friends I can talk about this with. Oh, and really? This is... Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Know. Wait, you have one... I just lined. They're... They <laughs> all live in Canada. <laughs> I was like, one, you have friends, two, I have friends? What? <sighs> anyway. That was kind of the point of the show is to really kind of get all those thoughts out there because it's it's such a crazy clusterfuck over on Twitter anytime you bring up Sonic the Hedgehog. It's just amazing it's, also that we started this podcast and already Sonic Forces has been brought up. Look. Well, I mean, that's where we are currently with the franchise. That's the most recent thing. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about with you guys specifically, like what we want to see coming up in the franchise the current state of the franchise and how everyone's kind of sitting with it because I'm of the opinion as someone who's been around since Sonic 1 this is not not that big of a deal it's it's whatever Sonic Forces wasn't that bad and we had Mania and I'm glad they're taking a little bit more time with video games because they this is generally how long it takes for video games they spent five years on Forces Nick time was not the problem well, did they though? When did like, Lost World come out? It came out in 2013, Lost World. And then yeah. there was if people don't count Rise of Lyric, it would be about four years, but only one year of Sonic Forces' development cycle was actually spent on the game. The rest of mm. the time was spent making Hedgehog Engine 2. Yep. Because I was say, uh no, you go on, Wayne. You I, haven't been able to speak. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, like, yeah, the gap between releases isn't always indicative of, like, how much time actually went into creating that game, especially no. when sometimes projects will get started, something's not working, it'll get dropped. Eventually, um, uh, you know, uh, people... Words. Um, the people with the money, uh, they don't like waiting, and they don't like experimenting. They don't like watching people dick around while they're trying to figure things out eventually you got to lock down on a project and get things going a uh, big one that uh comes to mind for me Final fantasy 15 people like to quote that one all the time it's like oh that's a game that's been in development for 10 years no it wasn't it no. was uh it was in development for a fraction of that um and it's like uh so i, I don't know forces forces is just um what it feels like to me is that there wasn't passion there i'm sure there were definitely some people who really cared about that project but when i play it i don't feel like i'm playing something that has a lot of heart the thing that uh gives me some solace in regard to forces is we've been in this position before as sonic fans and i'm not referring even to sonic 06 or anything like that you, you know you'd consider that to be to be honest worse than this position that we're now what i would say is if you look back to the mid 90s with sonic there were changing paradigms in the console market and the technology and stuff just as there were with the jump to the playstation 4 and xbox one era um and if you remember when sonic made that jump to 3d at the change of a shifting paradigm we had Sonic 3D Blast, and much like with Sonic Forces, it released opposite a Mario game, 
which completely annihilated all of its credibility at that time. True. Forces but, came out around the same time as Odyssey, didn't it? Yes. And then there was a little waiting period between Sonic 3D Blast and the next big Sonic release. And the next big Sonic release was Sonic Adventure, a game where they'd revitalize everything about Sonic the Hedgehog for a whole new generation. And if that is anything to go by, it could mean that the next game after Sonic Forces will be our next big Sonic Adventure. They've taken their time to really think how we can bring Sonic into the next generation and bring a new fan base onto it. I'm sure that Sega have pondered that ever since the movie's release as well. Like, there's been so many different things that have been pointing at Sega saying, Sonic should be this. The fans already do that, but if you look at the sales figures of games like Sonic Mania, you'd be a fool not to consider that. And as for also just the Sonic, the classic Sonic brand has been a bit more prevalent recently. I'm sure they've considered rewinding the clocks in that regard. Um, and then you've got Movie Sonic. I'm sure some thought will have gone into, hmm, should we maybe move it in that direction? There's a lot of different avenues that Sega can go down, and the one they've been going down is not the one with the most credibility or the best track record. I think we'll still have Modern Sonic, but I think they're going to consider ways of reforming Modern Sonic to be more along the lines of more popular iterations of the character. So, so yeah. <clears throat> So I just got to jump in there. There are some things I, I agree with you there, Pup. Other parts, not so much. Um, when it comes to Sonic in the mid-90s, and, uh, and yeah, there was a glaring lack of him with the Sega Saturn, I think a lot of fans and gaming in general weren't looking at it the same way as we are now. Sure. Back then, Sonic Team was a name you paid attention to. Yeah. It wasn't just Sonic. You were paying attention to the developers. And back then... Major focus wasn't 3D Blast. It was Nights into Dreams. That's the game everyone was focusing on. That's the game Sonic Team was passionate about. And while I do see some other YouTubers declare it the first dark age of Sonic, it's not really the case. I mean, yeah, we were waiting for him and Extreme was canceled, but I think a lot of fans, myself included, were becoming very aware of developers behind these brands. Because that's when Sonic Team really flourished. And from the Saturn to the Dreamcast, I would argue that some of the very best stuff that they ever created were on those systems. And this is including the guy who says Sonic 3 Knuckles is one of the greatest games ever made. Um, yeah, well, that's when they started getting... Yeah, I was going to because um, Knights, even today, is still regarded very highly. Like, pe people remember that, like, fondly. Yeah, and Sonic Team, I feel like they were really trying to help flourish the Sega brand in bigger ways than Sonic. They they saw the success there, and with that success, they allowed Yuji and his team to really breathe out for a bit before they had to focus up and be like, no, we, we really need Sonic back. You guys really need to give us some more Sonic. There's Good another... job with Knights. Good job with Burning Rangers. Puyo Puyo's fine. Do Fantasy Star every now and then. Give us more Sonic, please. <laughs> There's another aspect of that as well. I'm going to be honest. As a kid in the 90s, I really didn't find Sonic 3D Blast that offensive. Like, as an adult looking back at it, I have more problems with the game now. But as a kid, I actually didn't mind it. Because as a kid... I think when another I thing to um, factor in might also be the intervention of the internet. 
Like, we might find that reactions to 3D Blast at that time might have echoed a bit differently had we had the internet, but that's something we can't know. That's something I sure as hell can't know. I wasn't even alive in 1995. Like, I can only... I think they were were a little more lenient with that game back then, some of them, just because game reviewers weren't that great to begin with, but I, I, I feel like Sonic fans were still burnt by that game. I mean, I certainly was. I bought... I say bought, I asked for a Sega Saturn over the other systems so I could get the prettier version of 3D Blast, and I literally have never beaten it. It's just so bored. I was so a, bored with that game. It's a dull game. Like... Yeah, it is. And, I mean, I I think that's just early 3D gaming for you. I think people were just a bit more forgiving until Mario showed up and then showed us how it's done. But, um, yeah, I mean, the thing about Sonic is we do try to look for these patterns. We try to see these dynamic shifts and changes and stuff like that. And there's certainly precedent for it. You're not wrong um, in terms of like the big shift in voice acting change when they were really trying to push it as a larger brand. When they saw how good Sonic Adventure 2 was doing on the GameCube, they wanted to really, you know, branch out these characters, bring an anime in and really focus on the franchise as a whole. And I think we are due for that again. Um, But at the end of the day, it is, it's it's never easy to tell what the hell Sega is going to do. If it was, I think this brand would be in a much healthier place than it currently is. Because for the good part of the early 2010s or something like that, from like Unleashed didn't do too good with critics. Um, Unleashed did better than 06. Like remember when Unleashed came out, everybody praised the Wii version over the over the uh, the prettier versions of the game, and now that I didn't shift. I think that's that just goes to show what sources we were going to because the like the mainline uh reviews just shitting all over all those games. They're just like what what is this? And I didn't completely disagree with them. I've I've kind of changed my mind a bit over the over the years, but I was still pissed as hell after 06. Um I didn't I didn't touch those games until I I heard that Colors was great. And when Colors came out, everyone was singing its praises like Sonic's back, this is the greatest thing ever. And it felt like that positivity carried its way through generations. And like, that's when I was like, I'm all in like, this is great. This is amazing. And I feel like that set a time people really gave a shit about Sonic the Hedgehog again. Even Sonic four was doing good, but like, you know, the hardcore fan base was like, this is bullshit. But like, yeah. like the main mainstream was eating it up fine. So like now that I'm a little more entrenched than I've ever been before in this community, I have to wonder is it actually as dire as as fans make it out to be? Because I like to, I say I like to, I feel like if I took a step back and asked a general gamer what they thought of Sonic Forces, they'd be like, if they'd even played it, they'd be like, I mean, I tried it on PlayStation Plus. It was fine. It's just kind of stupid and cringy, but it's whatever. The general it was verdict that I pretty got dope on, though. The general verdict that I got on Sonic Forces from like not so massive Sonic fans was that it was just a very mediocre game. Like, just, yeah. it's very... Uh, now, the thing is, I think the most offensive thing about Sonic Forces for me is that, you know, you, when you've been following the Sonic franchise for a while, and you get a game like Sonic Forces that promises, like, classic Sonic, modern Sonic, and it's coming to a brand new console with brand new possibilities, it needs to be at least as good as Sonic Generations. It cannot I agree. afford yeah. to be worse. It needs. It really needs to be better. But it and cannot what, afford to be worse. And it was no worth, arguments. Yeah. It was worse yep. in every conceivable way. There's not a single thing about Sonic Forces that I can safely say is even as good 
as Sonic Generations. I, there is and one thing I think really. Mm-hmm. Oh, you go, you go on, Wayne. Uh, what I think really hurt it too was also that was coming right off the heels of Sonic Mania. Now I know that there's going to be a lot of fans out there who really hate all the praise that Sonic Mania gets because it's really popular. I'm sorry, it's popular for a reason. It's because it's really, it's really it's good. good. <laughs> and and good. Uh, uh, it nailed down the speed, the physics, the level design so well. And so when you're taking canonically that Sonic. Not even it doesn't it, like you can even forget Generation Sonic. It is canonically like that Sonic from Mania getting transported into forces, and then you botch the physics that oh, badly. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, like I remember there... literally before even playing it, I saw that preview of Green Hill Zone, and I had so many questions. First one being, why the fuck are we back in Green Hill Zone again? But Wait, then the Green... other one. I was like sandhills though. Green. Oh, I was about to make that joke. Damn it, Wayne. But also, just like, um, why are they even bothering? Because you got Sonic Mania, so we've already got our fill of classic Sonic. But now you're having the boldness to put your 3D imitation brand classic Sonic up against Christian Whitehead's God tier classic Sonic, and just no, this is going to draw that parallel, that difference, and put a massive fucking ring around it in neon colors. It's like, what are you doing, Sega? And you have the audacity to put him in Green Hill and. It's like, don't do it. If you're going to do, if you're going to do a classic game and you're going to do a Sonic Mania, don't put classic Sonic in the modern game. Just and don't. It's, gonna, it's not going to work for you. It's not. It's so frustrating to me, too, because, like, Sonic Mania brought back, like, my absolute favorite character design for Sonic. I love pudgy little mouse-esque Sonic. Um... I think that the way that he's captured in Mania is so good. And if you, you just look at like the uh, the concept sheets for, for his design, it's so expressive and it takes it into so many different details. But I look at the 3D models for classic Sonic or even it's for terrible. modern Sonic. It's horrible. Yeah. He Everyone feels so fucking plastic. They feel rigid. There's a uh, I don't know if any of you guys have seen this episode, this video. There's a video about the animation in Sonic games, like from the beginning all the way up to modern. Yes, yes, yes. That was an amazing video. One of the points that's made in there that I think rings true is that Sonic really doesn't take uh, any advantage of the fact that at the end of the day, he's a cartoon. He needs. I agree. He needs squash and stretch. He needs stuff that makes him like limber. And makes his his limbs need to be able to elongate and they need to be able to wrap. They need to be able to do things that you would expect a cartoon character to do. Even when you have him in, in an area like, say, in Sonic Adventure 2, where it's a little more grounded in reality, I still would like to see that character just a little more bouncy. Because you, you have a hedgehog that can go at the speed of sound and pop into a ball. Of all the things, he should be able to bounce around and look a little goofy doing it. But he just he just doesn't. There is one thing about that video, though, that I'd like to address. Mm. I love the video. It's fantastic. Don't get me wrong. But he went way too easy on Sonic Forces. He'd commented on how good idle animations were in previous games. And he said that the animation has no idle. Yeah, he said that Forces is no worse than like Unleashed in Colors. He doesn't even blink. He doesn't even blink in Forces. Forces feels feels like what happens when you have like when you have a fan made Unity Sonic game. And somebody just, they plop them in and they don't do anything to the model. They just build the level and they go. That's what Forces feels like to me. It feels like some fan-made Unity Sonic game 
and I'm not trying to shit on people who make fan-made Unity Sonic games. What I'm what I'm saying though is that that's not the level of polish I expect from a multi-million dollar company. No. I I expect that Sega should be able to make a game that looks half as good as Sonic Freedom and I haven't seen that yet. Here's what drives me crazy. Um and this was what breaks my heart cuz when I sing the praises of Sonic 3 Knuckles and I look at the people who made that game and what they've gone on to do. Um, I still feel like they don't completely get Sonic in that design. I've, I've sung the praises of like the, the adventure era art and how, yeah, Sonic's design. I think that what makes it work so well is how your eye works through those, those uh, drawings. It mm-hmm. always feels like it's moving, even if it's standing perfectly still. What are, the points any fans go to what are the pinpoints for like top tier sonic animation it's going to be the sonic cd opening and it's going to be the sonic unleashed opening because that's what captures sonic i'd say i've been waiting to bring that up actually (laughs) i'd say the the only other thing that captures the same kind of energy is the remade opening for like adventure 2 when it's like sonic just sonic and shadow running but even then you run into I the issue where thoroughly, like it's aged. Thoroughly disagree with you. Really? I think Sonic Animation, I think Sonic Adventure is beyond like one of the worst animated of any of the games. Well, no, I that agree with that. I'm just capture, saying like the beginning of it really captures energy to me, and I like it for that. Oh, sure. I mean, like the the setup of, of battle. I mean, it's it's cute, it's fine, but I mean he looks looks like and i have it in a script i have it ready to go so you guys will hear it when i talk about adventure 2 but sonic running looks like a cat with bags on its feet i can't <laughs> can't stand it i hate the fact i i hate the fact yeah. that i have to disagree with the, like i'm not i'm not disagreeing with your with your uh your opinion on it i'm i actually first i i don't know what it is but divorce from like divorce from nostalgia divorce from like rose colored glasses and everything when I play Adventure 2, that, like, gyrating Sonic as he's trying to run is really appealing to me, and I don't know why. He looks like, I'm sorry, but, like, when he's running to the camera after Shadow, he looks like he put on Daddy's shoes and is running to greet him when he comes home. <laughs> he I mean, looks that's ridiculous. That's appealing. <laughs> is there any feeling Motion you... capture doesn't work, dude. Is there, I can't handle it. Is there any other feeling you get when running at Shadow than I'm now in Daddy's shoes? <laughs> <laughs> Come to Daddy. Uh, I, I was going to say, though, that's like... Because, uh, like, I can, I can crap on Modern Sonic all day. I don't hate the design. And, in fact, I think that reason it drives me so insane was uh in sonic forces uh spoilers for sonic forces i guess um there's this I am giant not weak. <laughs> there are spoilers for sonic forces holy shit there's this giant like avengers endgame oh. scale battle that's supposed to be taking place and it is Jesus infuriating Christ. to witness Looking at it makes me angry because I think back to Sonic Unleashed and to the way that that game opened. Oh my god! Because um, that was around the time when I was starting to try to get back out of my Sonic slump that I'd been in for a while. Uh, the last one that I at that point that I had really played was uh, Shadow the Hedgehog, and like Damn. I got through the end of that, and I was just like, 
is this really worth it <laughs> and I, uh i just kind of stopped playing sonic for a while and then the, unleashed came out oh, i'm sorry what's up i was gonna say there's a reason why i have a i had a footnote in my video i did on sonic adventure 2 like there's only one other sonic game that i think opens this strong to me and i just like the little clips of unleashed start playing i'm like but we'll talk about that later yeah and that's like uh I think my frustration with the way that Sonic and, and the gang are animated in Forces, and I'm not even talking about just animation. I'm talking about writing. I'm talking about characterization, and not just Tails. In Forces, nobody acts like themselves. Nobody has a self. They are all just cookie cutter. Uh, uh, they all might as well be your avatar who has no personality. They have their looks, and they have their like one thing that they can do. Everyone has a script. They all take turns reading off of it. The whole class takes takes some some reading turns uh, off this one uh, line of script. None of these lines were directly made for these characters. Wayne. They're just reading it. Wayne, you know yeah. so that's funny. why it's called war. I hate everything. <laughs> um, you know what's actually so funny about this though is we we started off this podcast by saying, okay. Sonic Forces is not the apocalyptic. It's, you know, it's it's a, it's a bit of a slum, but it's not the apocalyptic. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. Now we're just fucking, we're literally circle jerking how much we so, dislike this game. So here's the thing. <laughs> well, here's the thing for me. Yeah. Forces. I'm very contrarian with that game. I can defend it and rip it apart and on a dime. It's exhausting. Oh, yeah. It's not like it's. It's it, not the worst thing in the world. About it. Yeah. yeah. It's just I, frustrating because I know it can do better because it has been done better like i yep. would literally it's not even go sorry go on serious <laughs> i would i would love to see forces like not i'm not saying i want to see them try to do forces again like that ship has sailed we're done like infinite is weak yeah, we get yeah. it we're we're at no more phantom <laughs> rubies we're <laughs> we're at we're at the we're at the war we're in the design we're in warp topaz territory now no more no more no more phantom ruby um but what I would like to see in a perfect world, I would love to see essentially like a Snyder's cut version of forces where, <laughs> where a team, a, a, a team that is very passionate about Sonic, like get, get like Ian Flynn as the writer, honestly, get Tyson Hess as an animation director, like get teams that, that know this character, know what, this character should be know how to make a story that is dark, but also doesn't take itself so seriously that we're in shadow of the hedgehog territory or even Oh six territory. Like give us a team that knows how to take these characters and do fun. Cause there's so much fun stuff you can do with a character like infinite and just having him like fucking with reality constantly. But none of that happened in forces and forces. We got like a handful of gameplay mechanics that kind of toyed with it a little bit. But as far as the story is concerned, we never got stuff like, like uh, what happened in the in the IDW comics when Sonic has his first fight. Uh, spoilers for people who haven't read IDW, when Sonic has his first fight with uh, with Starline, and he's having to like go at him repeatedly until finally like he catches him off guard because if he doesn't do that, Starline's just constantly opening up portals. Like, no, this isn't going to work today. You go to the other side of the snow mountain now. Like, we never got you know anything think, like that yeah. with Infinite, and we could have. Do you know so, what I think would be a great way of getting around the classic Sonic thing as well? Would be, because the Phantom Ruby is, like, spreading across other dimensions, rather than having levels devoted to modern Sonic and devoted to classic Sonic, 
they could have parts of the level architecture that are pixelated in the style of pixel art. So you'll be running through a 3D Green Hill Zone, but then suddenly there's an area that looks all pixel arty, and when Sonic runs into it, he turns into the little mania Sonic. A bit like mm. in Mario Odyssey when you walk into the tube wall thingies. Yeah, um, but I, I'd imagine that's gonna that's gotta be be ambitious. That's, I would imagine that's beyond yeah. Sonic Team's abilities, if I'm honest with you. Oh, the, they're supposed yeah. to be competent. Come on. People so, keep talking about, about classic Sonic and it being a problem, and I don't think people really understand like the real problem with classic Sonic. I think the real problem the guys is that he who was run the show. No, the problem is that the people who run Sonic the Hedgehog don't understand how to make the base core version of Sonic the Hedgehog that made him a household name. The people that are in charge of this literally had had to wait for fans to grow up before they could figure that out. They couldn't do it with Sonic 4. When Yuji Naka was gone, suddenly the ability to make classic Sonic games went out the window. They do not understand the core fundamentals of Sonic the Hedgehog, and it it scares me to my core. I well, am now you, alarmed now by it. Because you said that, I feel like I need to up the dosage of Selexa now, because my mental health just got <laughs> significantly worse after you just said that. <laughs> you know what actually made me feel like... Uh... There was something that I experienced where I sat down and and uh, I'm seeing this this version of Sonic, and it it was weird because it felt like a long lost friend had come back, and it was a very different take on him, but it felt like it understood the spirit, and that's what mattered to me. You talking about Mania? Movie. No, it was the no. movie. Oh, uh, yeah, no, so I kind of felt that as well. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna be honest. What I expected going into that movie was a Sonic that does not have his trademark confidence yet, but earns it, and that's what I got, and it made me fucking happy. Exactly! Yeah. No, that that's my thing, is that, like, he was a character. He had an arc! Kind of boring. <laughs> he had an arc! <laughs> yeah, I, like, like, kind of I really enjoyed depressed, anxious, lonely Sonic. Um... And I like, like he, to think that maybe that insecurity will stick with him, but we did see some of that Sonic cockiness in, well, he, like, the bar scene as well. well he like, earned that, it. It's all there. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing is that, like, in, in every Sonic game, for the most part, because his early development happened in the 2D games where story, like, storytelling was a lot more emotive and a lot less, uh, like, a, there was, you know, no dialogue. The Sonic we got in the movie was a character with an arc where he he slowly he did he didn't start out as Sonic. He started out as a character who we wanted to be Sonic. I think by the end of the movie he became Sonic. He earned his title okay. and that's good. I agree to an extent, but I hope he still remains a character with insecurities and stuff because I don't want to be sitting through the next movie and the entire time he's just like, whoa, gotta go fast. Whoa, too no, fast for you. No food or movies. I'm sorry. I need him to be back to Sonic the Hedgehog at this point. That's the point of Tales. That's the point of the rest that of the cast. Carry a that can carry a film. No, actually, it absolutely can carry a film. It can carry a film. You have here's a how cast this, to play off of it. Here's how this works. Sonic, now that he has... Came, so, writing class time. Um, Sonic, as a character, had a what's called a positive change arc. Now that he has a positive change arc, he can operate as what's called a flat character with a flat character arc the purpose of a flat character is to change the world around them because the purpose of a character arc is for there to be a lie that the character believes and over time the character learns the truth and that truth changes them fundamentally and they and they become a wholly different person 
and now they are complete as far as the narrative is concerned. The point of a flat character is a character who already knows the truth. Sonic knows you know, whatever the truth is for him that he gets from the initial film. He can then use that to change the world around him. That is how flat characters work. They are interesting because of the characters they juxtaposed against. Narratively, and that's their is... function. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, things... I don't know if he's a... Sorry, go ahead, Wayne. Hey, I was going to say, like, one of my things for, like... Um, because I think that you can carry over the way uh, his arc from the first movie and you can have him change he's not going to be exactly the way he was in the first film but he is still going to have a couple of those character flaws uh, that he hasn't gotten over yet i think uh one of the best ways i've ever seen it utilized was um in one of the best sequels and greatest movies ever made if anyone disagrees they're completely wrong uh kung fu panda 2 poe is not the same character that he was in the first movie but he nope. you feel like you still know who he is and he is um you know uh going in from the first film he couldn't do anything in the second one he's having full-on conversations while doing kung fu moves like without even looking at characters at the beginning of the film but he has these other inner conflicts that come from uh, parts of his past and from other characters like you were saying nick the cast does need to help elevate each other not just sonic but each other uh, certain aspects of Sonic need to elevate Tails. Certain aspects of Tails need to elevate Sonic. I think that they need to coincide with one another, especially once we start getting into characters like Knuckles and stuff like that. Um, I'm excited to see where they go with like the Echidna tribe and everything. I've been waiting forever to see horrible asshole Echidna tribe again, and we got a glimpse of that, and I was very happy. It kind of goes into another discussion I want to have about Chaos Emeralds. Kind of touched on that earlier tonight, but... Um... So I think that there are ways that uh, you can kind of have the best of both worlds where you can have him be back to Sonic like you were wanting, but you can also have him still feel like a more three-dimensional character that doesn't have to just um, be flanderized. Otherwise, yeah. we get the writing we got in Forces. Yeah, I don't want it to just be like a cool dude diatribe the entire time. What I yeah. mean is like, he can have that cockiness that Sonic has, but there can still be an underlying kind of sense of, uh, well, there's some kind of character flaw to him. Like, for example, now that he's realized that he's competent, maybe he needs to have a distrust of Tails' abilities, and maybe he needs to overcome that in the next one. Or maybe maybe he can be so desperate to save the world that he loses himself in... I don't know, but, like, I, I don't want to do the whole faux deep he's running from his emotions thing, but, like... <laughs> You can't run from your sins, Sonic. <laughs> I don't want Sonic to be what he is in the games, where he is just literally a dude that spouts 90s cool dude one-liners. Like, because that was not, though. I mean, Roger's Sonic is not the same as Ryan's Sonic or uh, Jason's Sonic. When they changed his voice cast, they changed the tone of that character altogether. Now, if it was written well, that's a different story all in altogether. But yeah. I would say that he had a drastically, and I, uh, I'm spoiling videos left and right here. <laughs> but like, I'm gonna be talking about IDW shadow here pretty soon, and like, everyone's upset by like how he's represented. But like, I'm I'm sorry, everybody's changed. Literally, the entire cast has changed. They do soft reboots all the time because they don't care about the overall lore. Like they used to do a thing, now they're not doing a thing anymore. It's just the whim of the developers, and that sucks on our end. I've kind of lost the point of this. I wanted to get back to the, the sequel, though, because I am genuinely curious what you guys think 
might happen. Um, because yeah, I, I do agree. Like I th- I think there's like a nice middle ground there where I think he needs to be a little more three dimensional, and I think that's what I I'm interpreting from from that pup. Um, and yeah. I agree with you. I he doesn't need to be like a, a two dimensional character, even if he is from a video game. I mean, the <laughs> but, thing um... also, like the Sonic Bible, for example, dictates that Sonic can never show any Jesus. sign of insecurity, any weakness. He can never be sad. He can never cry. We should, he can we should never probably... get too angry. We and should probably like, point well, out that's not the Bible. That's the mandates. The Bible's a wholly different can of worms. Okay. So, well, the bottom line yeah, is, hang on. Yeah, yeah, hang on. Mandates are too restrictive. Hang on. Stop. Stop. Everyone stop. So when it comes to mandates, something we need to clarify because um, all we really have is what we've heard from comic book writers. We've not really heard this from writers of the video games. It's pretty and powerful, it's I'd say. Very, it's very important to stress this. When it comes to people who are making satellite content, not the core content, it's it's not exactly hard and fast. All it really is in terms of what like Ian does, like and he said this multiple, multiple, multiple times, despite people arguing that he's lying or this or that and the other. He's like, here's all that really happens. Um, there's some like hard, fast rules, like some obvious ones, like you can't curse or kill anybody, some crap like that. But like the rest of it is like notes. Like he has to give this to a Sega rep. And then they give notes back saying, okay, he can do this. He can't do this. You have to change this. Stuff like that. And I think there's a bigger issue more with Shadow now. He says he gets more notes about Shadow than anybody else right now. So as far as mandates are concerned, as far as we know, I'm sure there are like a set sets of rules. But I think they change, um, especially with contracts mm-hmm. ending. So like the Archie stuff, that changed with all the legality with Penders. So they made sure that that shit doesn't happen again because Sega was finally paying more attention. And then when that contract was dropped, I'm sure the IDW contracts and those notes might change as well. It's really the whims of Sega themselves. Like if they if they want to do something different, then the tone's going to change. So it's really not up to comic book writers well, when they I, talk about mandates. I just wanted to get that out there. That's and I, and and I know I know why you're saying that because me and you have both had interactions with people jesus <laughs> christ yeah yeah um so uh there is one mm. thing that ian flynn does with sonic and the idw comics a little bit and it's and it's it's easy to do in comic form because you have you know panels where you can have like reaction uh, reaction panels for characters um mm. so it might be harder to do in the games and it's a thing that i would like them to do in the sequel movie and that's for sonic to get a little too cocky for a while like get a little too big for his britches but then, I think you're going to see that. I, I think we are. Well, like, well, I think that'll be like his flaw to get over in the next movie. He'll like, do like a Saturday Night Fever strut down the streets of New York. We have to wait for the third film for that because then we'll get the dark edgy counterpart, Shadow the Hedgehog. Shadow is now Venom. Can we get... Can no, we get... It, it will begin with like Dark Gaia making him the werehog and then Dark Gaia will manifest and create Shadow who he's got to beat to save Amy. Oh, and he'll be voiced by Topher Grace. My, oh, he better fucking better be. My dream scenario, ever since I was a kid, the one thing I've ever, ever wanted out of a Sonic movie. Although I gotta say, when I was younger, not once did I ever consider a live-action Sonic movie. I always assumed it would be animated. Oh, I, I still still would, would prefer if it action. was animated. I yeah. would too. Uh, but the one thing that I always wanted to see was actually the like sonic adventure story because i think it's one of the cooler setups that they've had for a sonic like plot 
and that if would you, never do it. If you can fund, yeah. If you can fund that, it would be so good though, because like, yeah. The, the one of the things with both Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure one and two, both of them. I'm going to talk about them both for here. Is that with both of those games, and you have this with Unleashed as well, they have a massive scope, which oh, also yeah. means there needs to be a pretty large budget behind it, because even if you're doing all 3D, you're having to model so many different locations, and you're having to make them all live and breathe, and it's the money that would go into it, it would be astronomical, but you know what? If they could do it, it would be great, because I... I think, though, that especially won't happen in today's climate with films anyway, especially like with the success of things like Marvel Studios and stuff like that. What's the main thing like Marvel does is they underplay the characters as they were in the comics. They underplay mm -hmm. the larger-than-life aspects to make it stomachable and presentable for an audience. you got this character who's uber-serious and he's uber-powerful and stuff. We'll make him a comedy character, we'll make him a clown, and then the audience will be like, ha-ha-ha, I enjoyed the funny. They're going to do that with Sonic. They're going to underplay things like the Chaos Emeralds and Supersonic and Echidna Tribes. If they ever bring Chaos into it, I can bet it's going to be just, you know, a very simple thing. And I think that's what's happened very much with the first Sonic movie, is it is the most easily palatable template for a movie of its kind. You've got your, your, your fucking it's, it's audience a road, it, It's a road trip it's a, film, so it's, it's, re, it's really trip. simple. Sonic I kind would... Of I would agree with that if it weren't for the fact that this, the first Sonic movie gave us so much more depth to Sonic as a character than the games dared to in the last, well, yeah. like, 25 years. You're absolutely right on that, but I can't see them yeah. doing anything even beginning to look like Sonic Adventure 1 or 2 or Sonic Unleashed. I can't see them doing a big-scale thing. Shameless. Sonic, yeah. the first movie a small movie why because small movies are in right now spider-man homecoming for example small movie everybody loved it and stuff like that they downplay these things now in film and maybe that time will change maybe it will maybe someday we'll get Zack snyder's sonic the hedgehog adventure 2 which i would kill for <laughs> hollywood get Actually, on that honestly honestly Beat. snyder would be a good director for adventure 2 a, a four hour yeah. long, right off Jesus a four Christ. hour long sonic adventure 2 movie dead serious no humor please give it to me now i need it but um <laughs> so yeah. is the that only fake hedgehog again balls. snyder is the only one with the gall and the balls He's to the end off one. a big blockbuster with a sad memorial for a dead hedgehog. Yes! Think about it. Like, do the it. The thing that makes Snyder so special in my eyes is, like I said, the MCU downplays it. Snyder upplays I it. I hard, hard <laughs> disagree with you, Pup. I, I think you have, like, a cold, terrible uh, take on the Marvel no, Universe, man. No, 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 no. Are you no, kidding no. me? It, 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 no, it really does underplay Guardians, the... Guardians no, the it doesn't. Too. It Absolutely, no, it no, it does. It will the do Galaxy Volume Two. Yeah, it'll do okay, that. So it'll do that. So it, it brings personality to a lot of characters that it didn't will, have much to begin yes, with. Are you kidding every, me? For every single big event status thing, they'll play it tongue in cheek, and that there's a good reason for it. I understand that, but Marvel is reductive, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. I mean, in a perfectly good way. I love the MCU. I think you have a it, terrible take on that, dude. I think it you're is. No, no, no. Are you kidding me? It's Are you kidding me? It no, 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 no. Tony Stark, who gave a crap about Iron Man before that movie came out? Yes, Are you kidding they removed, me? they removed all of the layers that audiences they, they wouldn't take. They removed stuff like his rabid alcoholism and shit like that. Yeah, they, they still represent. All right, I'm not going to argue that point as far as like the PG 13 rating, but for like yeah. if you're talking like t darker stuff, 
Sure. And there are... Spider-Man. They took a character that's got a lot of dark traits to him, a lot of sad stuff, and turned it into vacation movies and uh, John Hughes-esque movies. Thor, for another example, they took a very serious I am the mighty Thor character and played it off for laughs. It is reductive and the chances are when we How get is the that reductive are you kidding me like look at what happens to him by the end of the avengers run yes where he's dealing about, with depression think about, things Thanos. think about how yeah but the depression is played off for laughs and think about it if you go through all of the comic stuff i know they can't do everything but if you look at comic book thor he is an infinitely more complex character than movie thor and now that's not a criticism that's yeah. not. I understand you can't put that on screens. Well, you can put that exact same argument towards DC. No, but like the, the exact saying, same argument. The thing I'm saying about DC, though, is Zack Snyder plays up very niche elements to these characters. For example, one of the reasons why people didn't take to Batman v Superman, for example, is because it wasn't very accessible for the common moviegoer. It's got a lot of things that will have the fans going, but it hasn't got. No, they it hasn't didn't like got, because it's a bad movie. I mean, you can't say that with well, any objective reasoning, because well, for starters, I, I, it is subjective. Well, the reason oh I didn't God. like it was because the plot didn't make any goddamn sense. It didn't make any sense. The, sense. the plot makes sense in the Ultimate Edition. The, okay. it, I know, because okay. I watched that bullshit I'm just, too, and I'm just going to go ahead and say, stupid. The, problem with that, the problem with that movie, the biggest issue, is that Zack Snyder, love him to death, he said, you know what? I want to have... Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns story, but I want to have none of the history or baggage that created the scenario. Yeah, he, he, wanted the, he wanted all of the payoff with none of the buildup. He br well, the brought is, in Death of Superman and Dark Knight Returns without understanding the impact of them because those two stories do not belong together. One is all spectacle and the other is all substance. Well, the thing and is, I'm, I'm singing praises for a guy I hate. I hate Frank Miller. <laughs> You've got to take it for what it was intended to be, is basically Superman is an immigration allegory. It's a fully allegorical movie. Batman is the American that's kind of fearing immigration and stuff. He kind of fears more progressive which stuff. Is, which is funny, it. considering oh, that classically with Batman, it's Superman who becomes the, the America allegory. Yeah, yeah it's an interesting thing how they flip the table there. But also, General... General Zod is an allegory for terrorism and stuff like that. And Batman's one of those guys that's afraid of the terrorists, so he's afraid of the immigrant. And Lex Luthor represents the fake news media basically spinning everything against the immigrant. And the whole thing is Batman witnessing how much the immigrant is willing to give back to his country that he's come to. Or in this regard, give back to his world that he's come to. And that eventually pulls Batman out of his kind of very uh, radicalized position. It's the thing is Batman's gone radical right out of fear and Superman is an immigrant in his world, basically. And I think that works really, really well. And I think basically it pulls some notes from The Dark Knight Returns and it pulls some notes from the death of Superman. But I think it does rework them in a cohesive I way. The thing I would say is on a fundamental level, I myself will never agree with having a Batman who kills. I think by that point, it's too far. But I understand what they tried to do with it. And I think it does still work. I, I think I it works in one area of this of this universe. It works in the post-apocalyptic nightmare world where everyone has changed. Where that, where that baggage exists. That. I mean, I where see that it as baggage like... baggage exists, and when the, the, the fundamentals of actually getting to know these versions of the characters and why this 
betrayal of of uh, of their of their core beliefs and everything informs us of why we need to alter this course of history. I think another good version of that would be like Days of Future Past, which I think handled that very well. The, the reason is, it doesn't work for me in da in Batman v Superman is because these are new versions of these characters, and it wants us to assume the histories of these characters. For you to deconstruct Again, a character, you have to first build I think them. I think it's yeah, the Spider-Man thing with Sonic again, Forces. I think it's the Spider-Man <laughs> thing again, though, where you've basically got a character who we've seen this character over and over again with Batman. We should know it by now, but the thing is they're doing a new version and they don't want to go through all the things we already should know by now, and I get that. Um, but another thing worth noting is that Zack Snyder did want to do individual movies going up in lead up to Batman v Superman, which I think would have helped that quite a bit. That but would have probably say, saved a lot of stuff. Well, yeah, that's say, again. Uh, but yeah, uh, this is this is the thing. Is like so much of these decisions that got Zack Snyder's ties cut from Warner Brothers were Warner Brothers decisions. They wanted him to do BVS immediately after Man of Steel because they wanted to catch up with the Avengers. But he was the one saying we should do gradual solo movies first. And like literally everything that people have hated this about this guy and that Warner Brothers have cut ties with him were Warner Brothers' decisions, which is why I'm so vehemently about restore that Snyderverse, mm -hmm. because it's not even his fucking fault. But then there's also just like with the Batman v Superman thing, they wanted to display that something is wrong with Batman. Something's changed with him. What's the number one way you do that? You break his one rule. And it makes that development from the murderous Batman in Batman v Superman through okay. to the very faithful take in Justice League, it feels good. So I don't believe that. And the reason I don't believe that is because I've listened to Zack Snyder speak about Batman's killing problem in Batman v Superman. Right. And yeah, Zack he literally Snyder argues. doesn't seem to think that Batman kills. He so... Okay, yeah, that interview doesn't do it justice, but the thing is, the film doesn't play <laughs> wait, it like that. Wait, the hold on, hold on. As there's something so, wrong. Pup, pup are you saying day, that in the it... Apologia for Zack Snyder, you have to go, well, he didn't mean it like that? <laughs> no, okay, okay. Look, here's the thing, though, is he can't have, because that's not how it is in the film, by uh, any so what it what it seems to me like is that there's a lot of convenient ways to explain things in Batman v Superman retroactively oh, that but it makes is it there, seem though. like it, it had a point no, it when is it there, really though. didn't. It objectively like, is no, there. Like, it's there. No, I think it's the, in there. I think the problem is that the problem is that even if so here, here it's it becomes an execution problem. And this is and this will dial back to Sonic because this is the, this is the same issue we have with stuff like forces. This is the issue that we have. With... Oh, is this a Sonic podcast? I wasn't sure. <laughs> is it actually? Wait, hang on. Is this a Sonic podcast? Or are we, we just going to keep talking about the stupid, shitty movie some more? For God's sake, guys. We were just talking about stuff. Like I, I no, didn't even think this was. It was supposed to be going. Sonic. It was supposed to be Sonic. Oh. So, and this is the way that I. This is the way that I can dial. I can dial it all back there. The problem with. Everything that, that like this whole conversation is that we had to have somebody explain this to us. Like you had to for me to even think that Batman v Superman had those points, you had to sit here and I, explain it bit by I bit. Now I now, didn't need it explained. I just saw the movie. Okay. The, but the material for, did not do But for me and what for me and Wayne to get it. For me and Wayne That's to get it, you had to do that. So it's going to be subjective. Not everyone can be galaxy brain like myself, every, obviously. Everything, <laughs> everything, like, um, everything is subjective. I'm, I'm throwing down the gavel on that one. But the, the reason, the reason that that causes the, 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 the my, my point though, is that 
whether or not those themes are there is is nebulous. That does not matter. What matters is the is that but it does not matter. I've I've granted you the premise. <laughs> I've okay, I okay. grant you the premise that it's there. The problem, and this is the same problem you have with a lot of the Sonic stories right now, comes down to execution. Take a character like because I will drag this back to the Sonic podcast. We agree it's going to be, damn it. Take, take this back to a character like Infinite. Take this back to a story like what we get uh. in something like Sonic Generations. These are things that should be so great on paper. Think If I, if I say we're going to have a, a darker Sonic story, but it's still going to be true to the characters, we're going to, have a new, we're going to have a new character who can bring past versions of old villains back in their prime, and Sonic is going to have to contend with each one of these, one by one, trying to get to this villain. This villain can warp reality. We're going to have the superpowers of, of speed going, with re going against reality warping. All the while, Dr. Eggman's still going to be screwing shit up with his robots. That's still going to be a thing you got to deal with. That has tons of potential, but just like with the conversation we were having there, the issue is execution. Having all these things there on paper, having them available for viewing does not work if they are not executed in, in a way that make us go, oh, that's what was being meant here. Oh, that's what's here. So Yeah, it depends if it's all intertwined and it belongs together. I would argue but, that with Batman v Superman, 100%. I said I'm dragging Sonic this back. <laughs> with Sonic Forces. I'm no. about to hop out, boys. I'm not kidding. <laughs> so I saw a great series on HBO Max called It's a Sin. Has anyone seen that? No. <laughs> If if we did want to jump back into the into the um Sonic discussion, I did bring up a topic in our chat before before we were recording this, and this is one that I've been kind of uh uh running around in my brain for the past couple of weeks now since I, I started doing a couple more uh playthroughs of Sonic Adventure One. Um the Chaos Emeralds. So my feeling about it is uh yeah, I'm coming off the heels of finally having played Sonic 3 and Knuckles through to its completion. Thank you, Nick. Mm. Um, yeah, because I probably wouldn't have, have gotten back onto that had it not been for that video. But uh, I played that, and then I jumped back into Sonic Adventure, and I got to the end of Sonic Adventure, and I said to myself, this should have been the last time we saw the Chaos Emeralds. So because mm. this was the last time the Chaos Emeralds had a point to uh, this what about, universe. What about Unleashed? I'm, I'm gonna say Unleashed and I, Adventure well, see, Two both did a really good job that, with that. Still, hell, even so, uh, even um, Sonic Six <laughs> had a relevance so, for the Chaos Emeralds. Yeah. So I am getting. Uh, to, I, I am getting to that. Is that my thing? Is the uh, the Chaos Emeralds had like an actual home? I, I guess is kind of what i'm trying to say i think yeah. it works in sonic adventure 2 because you get to the uh you get to the arc and and everything and they've and a, and a replica of the home is there yeah exactly exact no that's exactly my point though serious is that in order to get the the chaos emeralds back into that story they still had to take it back to where the chaos emeralds belong and it's not with gaia it's not with a uh, time travel or any of that stuff Stupid, stupid bullshit. It's with, uh, it's with the Echidna tribe. It's with oh, Angel Island. Point, actually, yeah. It's um, it is, it, it's an a. Why even bring it to the surface world at all? It is this ancient artifact that we know nothing about until we start piecing the mystery together in Sonic Three and Knuckles. That's when we start to actually 
piece together a bit of a history behind this. Now we know where they come from. And then in Sonic Adventure, now we know their purpose. So and there's a... that. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, there's a, there's an angle to that, though. I, I, I have a, a slight disagreement with... Um, I actually do like how the Gaia temples are fun- uh, function, because one thing we do learn in Sonic Adventure is that if the Chaos Emeralds are on Angel Island with the Master Emerald, the island is grounded. We know that for a long time, that island has been floating. It makes perfect sense to me that while their original home might be in that civilization, and that's why the Echidna Echidna Drive went all genocidal trying to get them, it also makes sense to me that after those emeralds were removed from the island and it became the floating island, that humanity at various points of time, because in, in at least Unleashed, the human world is where they are, at various points in time would have actually housed those emeralds and tried to do stuff with their power. So the Gaia temples make sense. It makes sense that these ultra-powerful jewels would have been used by multiple civilizations because we don't know how old they are. We don't even know if the Akinda civilization is the oldest civilization to utilize, and it's just the oldest one we know in the lore. That's very weird, too. I always call Sonic Adventure the true Sonic 4 out of all of them. Um, it continues that story. It, I mean, just fundamentally, just we're talking mechanics-wise, it does what Sonic was always doing up to that point which was boldly going to try to improve one way or the other i don't think it's as good of a game as sonic 3 and knuckles but like it's also in 3d it's doing brand new things and for the time it was blowing everybody away but um it it, it really did progressively kind of build on the on that lore a bit the human stuff gets a bit confusing and i'm i still have a hard time debating with myself if i prefer they're separate or not I haven't really come to a firm conclusion because I can see the positives and negatives from both of them. But um, I mean, yeah, it, get, it gets a little complicated there because it really feels like they do build on the lore, but at the same time, they contradict what came before and also sometimes feels like a completely different world we're, we're working with. Mm-hmm. When I think about Unleashed, it doesn't feel like the same world that we had spent all that time with in the adventure era games and even if i think about sonic heroes that doesn't feel like the same place i was just at in you know invent in adventure one and two it's, yeah, it's very heroes confused. feels very removed from that world i think but it's really it's a core to, part, uh, part of the story sorry yeah, go ahead they, Pup. they need to finally actually go through with that whole two worlds thing because takeshi Yazuka has said yeah there's two worlds that sonic goes between there's the human world and then there's the hedgy world there's no evidence of that in the games, though. Can we have evidence? Like, there's That's so right, much. The, um, the game can actually so much... hints that everything happens in, on South Island if it's not in the human world, too. Like, yeah, there's like so much though. We have to take their word for it. Like when they say, "Oh, Amy likes tarot cards," and Tails like mince candies. Like, where is that in any? No, of the you're games right. Vector is so like, religious, though. <laughs> it drives me crazy when I get comments so... from people like, "Um, no, this is all." Obviously, like, where the timeline split and stuff like, like, motherfucker, like, you show me that in the video games, I will have that discussion with yeah. you. I don't give a crap what stupid interview you've seen. Like, that's not what is presented in these video games. I've, and again, I go back and forth on this because I feel like a lot of the fan base really focuses on the story, which is confusing for me. But I feel like a lot of you guys, um, well, Pup and Wayne's, not Wayne, sorry, Siri specifically, I feel like you guys resonated really hard with like very story heavy video games in this franchise 
So it means a little bit more to you. So when they made this transition away from them, I can understand why people are quite offended by it, especially when they got as cringy as they did. um, But you ugh at me. I'm not. No, the uh, is more like just where I'm at with Sonic really is. I don't care about the story or the characters when I'm playing a Sonic game. I care that there's a kind of a motivation there. And if they do get Mm. a good story in there, I'm happy for it. I don't take it for granted. Um, I'm just kind of checked out by mainly the gameplay and the lack of ambition that the games have currently. Because yeah. Sonic's always been about pushing boundaries and stuff. So when we've got him being like, I agree. I'm just going to cozy in my little nest here. Oh, I can't wait for the next time I get to go with Mario to the Olympics. It just feels a bit like he's lost his edge, you know? And I, like, I'm-, I'm not asking for them to bring back the console wars and shit like that, but I'm asking for Sonic to at least have a little edge to him, you know? Like, at least... At least do what Nintendo don't, you know? But right now, like, <laughs> the only thing that Nintendo don't that you're doing is allowing people the luxury of not having to worry about copyright with this thing. But, like, can we actually have a game that actually makes me go, wow, that, that really did push this a little bit. Like, Unleashed. Like, lo- love or hate the game. Visually, it did push the Xbox 360. You can tell because the frame rate is fucking ass. But, like, they tried. I, like- I would rather... They try something and it not work out, then it not try anything at all. Then they just stick to formula and even find a way to fuck that up going by Sonic Forces, you know, like. And I, and I, you know, what's really fascinating to me, you know, what's really, really fascinating about as, as far as Sonic's games are concerned, Sega, Mm. um, I don't know if you guys saw this news today. Sega is like, as far as Metacritic's concerned for all of 2020. Uh, big publishers they ranked number one in terms of what they published last year um and like overall all their games last year ranked higher collectively than um what was presented from other publishers including nintendo and i hate to say it it goes to show what happens when we don't have sonic in the mix there and that's terrible. That's terrible. It's mind That's not it's a good mind thing. That's not a good thing, thing, though. When you seriously consider, like, I mean, yeah, it, Sonic's been a joke for for a while. I think it's eased up a bit because I'm I'm sorry to say it, guys, but like the the shadow focus games were largely considered janky dog shit. But um, and there, there's there's redeeming stuff. There's redeeming stuff. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I mean, Shadow in 06 really, really tanked the franchise for a bit there. But even then, like, yeah, I agree with most of, most of the fans that feel like it's it's been middling to mediocre to flat out horrible with um, whatever that spinoff one was. Uh, boom. Uh, boom, Rise of Lyric. Boom. Um, the thing but, is, though, is like it when you. Not... Sorry, Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, is it maybe not a bit worse to be completely out of the spotlight altogether than it is to be, uh, you know, laughed at i kind of feel like 06 was the the low point but in some ways maybe this could be considered lower because people just don't give a shit anymore they don't care enough to shit on like, sonic anymore like 06? But when you consider like spyro and and crash when you consider like when they were at their lowest points they were i i would say they were like no not as bad as 06 they were lost world bad like that's as the worst those two franchises got uh where it was mediocre and middle six Enter the Dragonfly isn't even mediocre. That game is. Uh, that is that a bad game. game. I'm not gonna not gonna argue yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And that's the Sonic 06 of Spyro. I I would say I agree with you on Crash though. Was kind of Sonic Lost World level. 
where that yeah, off. but even like, Wrath the, of the Cortex, worst thing, like those... the worst thing they do is just get mediocre. Exactly, and I guess they got to that point a little bit quicker than Sonic did. I mean, that's a very good point, Pump. I'd even say that like a uh, Wrath of Cortex. Um, that was a very egregious step down for a lot of fans, even if the other yeah. ports outside of PS2, you know, improve things here and there. Like um, Rafa Cortex could be considered the Sonic Forces of Crash, but I would say Enter the Dragonfly is the Sonic 06 of Spyro. Like, that's where the game is, I would deem, not ready to be sold whatsoever. Like I, I, would, I would say that for both I, of them. Yeah. Like we had new new uh, new systems out and they didn't really understand what they were doing on them and they rushed it out the door because it's a popular brand. Um, and I'm kind of losing my point here. What was I saying? Um, I completely lost the point from from all my tangents there. I'm um, so sorry. <laughs> I think your point was I'm trying to link it back now. I think your point it's not was the related. worst point, not the worst tangent we've had this this show. You were saying how people aren't laughing at Sonic anymore, basically. And that the games I, have been mediocre to just kind of bad recently, but nothing's they, been like they, the low point. No, and they, they don't care anymore for a part of it, but like, yeah, I don't know, man. It's such a weird, weird thing. I guess overall, I'm going back to the point about Sega. It, it boggles the mind that when you take Sonic out of the equation and you look at their big sellers, like they are, they are some top tier video games. Even if they're ones we don't really play, Yakuza is considered like one of the the greatest series coming out of Japan. It's it's Have weird, it's wonderful, and it's charming. I've only played yeah. literally a couple hours of Zero, and I was blown away. Oh, it's it is yeah. stunningly good. There um, could be a sign of good things to come. Maybe this could all motivate Sega to try and get Sonic in line with the quality of those games. It could also like maybe have something to do with the amount of time they've taken as well with this new one. I, I don't want to rule out there could be good things ahead. I think but, a lot of people tend to think we're just waiting all this time for another forces. I don't think it's that. But, but I mean, my, my problem, though, is like this has been the state of it, though. Like, it's been the state for this whole time. Yakuza is not new. Total War is not new. Pro Football Manager is not new. These are all long-running franchises with with fan bases like it's it's weird how disjointed Sonic fans are from the rest of Sega because the other stuff Sega puts out generally is considered very good stuff. Oh, well, they and it's just it's the, on on uh, Persona as well, don't they? I mean, no, well, yeah, they, they have the goodwill of, of Atlas. They, they, well, they well I good... thought Sega was like uh, Atlas's parent company. Yeah, they, they are. are now. They they just bought them, but they just kind of let Atlas do what Atlas does because if they did didn't they <laughs> they would lose so, all that goodwill so um, the, the thing the thing i think there is a there's a, a point to what nick's saying that i i actually agree with take a nintendo fan what is a nintendo fan a fan of because they're usually not just a fan of mario they're usually a fan zelda. of zelda Mar no. mario Dude, I will take zelda. zelda over mario any day well yeah well uh, what i'm saying is though is that there's not very many single issue nintendo fans they're usually fans of mario zelda metroid pokemon uh splatoon yeah. Just in in some there's there's always some like smorgasbord of Nintendo things that they like. Generally speaking, with Sega, you don't have a lot of. I I never hear of a Sega fan. I hear of Sonic fans, and I hear of people who are fans of games that happen to be Sega games, but I don't hear of Sega fans. I I do, but that's because I'm I'm older, and those Sega fans, they're fans of like literal Sega consoles. They're a fan of what they grew up on, yeah. And none of those franchises are matter matter anymore. 
that's just the that's the hard truth of it all like nobody's nobody's pining for for echo the fucking dolphin it's not that's happening the they tried it on a kickstarter find, and it's not gonna happen that's the thing i find a bit weird about sega is i sometimes die. get the feeling that there's the assumption that everything sega made was a beloved classic a good example of this was when they made the mega drive mini and people liked that and everyone was like yeah that's that's a pretty good little revival of the sega mega drive or genesis sorry as you guys are far, yeah. as far as you guys are concerned mm. then they were like and then they were like, here's the Game Gear Mini. It's like, who gives a fuck about the Game Gear now? <laughs> like, compared to oh, the I, Genesis. Yeah, give me the Dreamcast I, Mini. Like, I think no that's more just how they, they implemented the, the Game Gear. And it was, that was such a oh, Sega yeah. thing to do. They like, did it. They were riding thing, high. Right? It was very weird. I mean, the Genesis Mini, like, this happened way after Nintendo. It, let's be real. Like, this Nintendo wasn't the first, but because it was Nintendo, it was a big deal. And it was well built. Like the SNES Mini and NES Mini, quality, quality machines. I, I own, well, I don't own the NES Mini, but the SNES Mini. It is a great value with phenomenal games. Genesis Mini shows up later, and it's getting nonstop praise for its lineup and the emulation quality. It is, it is impeccable, and it, it really shows you why Sega was a contender. And then, yeah, they, you're right, Pop. They did release the... That's stupid Genesis, not the Genesis me, the, the Game Gear Micro. And I I don't get it. It's got two ROMs and like three di four different models. Five literally the screen is like what one inch as well. Like how can the screen crunch on Game Gear games was ridiculous, but imagine playing it on a screen that size. Mad. And it's, it's just and it's not like with the Game know. Boy Advance micro where you have the novelty of, oh, this is a fully functional Game Boy Advance. That just happens to be the length of my index finger. And the it's asking true. price as well. The asking price for it. Like you could the best thing you can do with a game gear micro is shove it up your butthole. Like And you still have to use an actual battery. You have to use an actual battery. Even if you're thing. shoving it up your butthole, you still have to use an actual battery. It's the only way to get the proper sensation. You'd literally be better <laughs> off buying one of those five hundred in one games machines from AliExpress. Like, so you're not all, wrong. You're not so wrong. So we're all gonna get the uh, the Sega Nomad Mini when it comes out, right? <laughs> Dude, I had so much fun with my Nomad as a kid. Are you kidding me? I had got, so much fun with it. I've got one in my store right now. It hasn't sold in the like six months I've had it sitting because, in that glass case. Because what's it selling for, Wayne? Uh, just under three hundred. Yeah, that's why. Who's buying like a Nomad for three? Okay, like two fifty. Speaking, I of almost did because I'm an idiot. Well, speaking of over overpriced classic things, I almost spent an inordinate amount of money on a copy of Resident Evil 2 because it was the N64 version. And I don't want to go on another tangent, but if you know anything about that <laughs> franchise, th the N64 version of Resident Evil 2 is particularly it's a, special. It's a miracle. It, it is I a miracle exists. of programming. 64 yeah. megabyte crunched? A 700 megabyte game that existed on two discs, four discs, and they crunched it. No, it was, it was two discs. Never mind. It was two. Leon and Claire. Uh, they crunched that down into a 64 megabyte cartridge. And the, <laughs> the, the story of how they did that is fascinating. And I need to get into that on my, on my gaming channel and, and not here. Oh, it and I reminds to... me. Uh, um... Go ahead. Sorry, Wayne. I was going to say, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, like, how did that get running on the Wii? You know what, Scratch I, that? How yeah. did that get running on the 3DS? Well, it was on the new 3DS, which was actually, like, pretty, com pretty comparable. 
even still but like seeing that thing like trying to run on a wii is incredible like just from the opening cutscene like i don't know what kind of witchcraft they per uh, performed on that to get it to work but man it's it's impressive you were um... you know I... <laughs> so go ahead go ahead pop i was about to say something oh, I, just, I had another kind of tangent why don't you go first i was just pointing i just was looking at all of her icons on this discord call and i love that we are color themed you know i love my color and i and i love i mean i love power rangering it up i love this stuff and i i, I just i love owning my color because i am obsessed with it so i'm sitting here in green and then we have pup with his red and we're bitter rivals arguing about marvel versus dc and i love that about us and then we have so beautiful about it as well i just don't want to talk about it forever god You're damn it mad. what's the rush What's the rush? We've got continue, like Nick, continue. Nine more continue, continue, not, continue, Nick. Continue, Nick. Save us God. from Pup. I swear to God. So and then we have. Superman is let me really finish my joke. <laughs> you're giving him. Like you're giving him blue balls and allegories in that movie. Sorry, let him climax. Damn it. I need to I need to remember Bane quotes better. So when we start talking over each other, we all start. One of us oh. starts doing it, and then the rest of us starts just doing. It. Anyway, I love that I'm green. Pub is red. Wayne is orange, and Suri's is tits. Oh, <laughs> oh you think the mummy milkies are your ally? I was born in a woman, molded by it. I didn't see men until I was nearly a man, and it was nothing to me but surprise. <laughs> Look, okay, I, you have to have at least one VTuber representative who's not a closeted furry. I'm not a... Okay, if, <laughs> if I'm a closeted furry, then Yuji Naka's a closeted furry. Then, yes! Then Walt uh, Disney on. is a closeted uh, furry. Pub, you've jumped onto something interesting I think we need to discuss. I'm just mourning a, very a good dead point. dog, okay? Please. <laughs> oh, don't. Pup, we oh, have man. had extensive conversations about Rouge the Bat. Let's bring them up now. Breasts. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hang not. on. Let's not. Let's, let's have a conversation. Let's talk about the Chaos Emeralds. Knuckles totally no. So, Yuji Naka. Yuji Naka, okay? Tomorrow is a big day, boys. Yes, we get Bell and Wonderworld. I've never oh, seen no, anything about tomorrow? it. Tomorrow? What's That's the story? Tomorrow. What's the story Here, of Balan on the world? Have you guys played the demo? Have all you played the demo? No. no. I'm afraid to. I've not watched gameplay. I it feels like a curse. I feel like if I touch it, I will die. I'm one of those assholes that's just like, where's Sonic? Okay, so look, when I Google I I He's actually a blue suit. He's either they do have a running spiky blue suit in that game. I, now that I'm thinking about it. I'm gonna I, I like think, it. There's a polygon article. That was released in January, and I'm going to read the title out to you, and it is very, very relevant to this conversation. <clears throat> Balan Wonderland's demo is a strange moment of furry masculinity. I hate that website so much. I can't stand that website. I can't believe I wanted to apply there. Uh, Maybe if you they're... applied there, that'd do better journalism. Uh, they're... I you know I don't like a lot of mainstream uh, gaming news sites and their stupid Neither hot takes anymore. I. I've literally like I did a video on this when the whole SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom remaster came out. When I said that professional gaming journalists need to be willing to receive media on its own terms. So if you've got a fucking COD fan as your reviewer playing a game like fucking Spyro and he says it's shit, 
That's anyone can do that. Any fucking idiot can just say, I didn't like this game because it's not my cup of tea. It's shit. Don't buy it. So what the fuck are they getting paid for? You know, like us guys, with the exception of Nick, can look at a game on its own terms and be like, <laughs> yeah, this works about it. This doesn't work so well about it. Would I recommend it? Yeah, no. As I say, except for Nick, Mr. Sonic Adventure 2 hater over here. Um, so, I think Wayne's the most balanced guy out of all of us. Let's let's be honest Wayne with all of ourselves perfectly. right now. I, Wayne I, is I have perfect. a lot of thoughts on Sonic Adventure 2. Many of them are positive. Many of them are very negative. Everybody right, because yeah. it's okay. a nuanced disc- All right, I Wayne, take it Wayne, back. Wayne has to work. Goes. I hate you. You're the worst person <laughs> in the world. Oh. You, Wayne. I'm going to take you to fucking Florida, get your sunburn, and fucking beat you to death. With God, fucking no, I can't go back to Florida. <laughs> You're going I, to fucking Florida. Ken. Oh, <laughs> going to Florida? Censor that out. They got turtles. What, wait. No, wait. That just means I am balanced, though. I yeah. am very okay. balanced. Uh, I look, about talking about you. No, this is balance, okay? Get ready, okay? <laughs> this is ba- Okay, you ready? Sonic Adventure 2 is the ultimate action-adventure platforming experience for the ages. Sure it isn't. is the ultimate pastiche yeah. of the early 2000s. It feels oh, like I'm no. playing a Blink-182 music video, but in video game form. I love it for that reason. I honestly... Pup, you just repurposed one of your videos for this. I heard... Oh, no, the ancestors! This Do not is criticize. The, this is the exact same thing you said about fucking Spider-Man. And that's this is, your, this is your Spider-Man essay. Okay, don't try and expose me, okay? Don't try and expose me. You Hash, try and expose me. I'm going to expose you. I'm, look, I'm, I'm going to ca- I'm going to cancel you on Twitter.com, okay? Everybody, the hashtag is Cirrus is over party. Hashtag restore the Snyderverse as well while we're at it. So, like, my thing with Sonic Adventure 2 is that when I think of, especially, like, level-based action platformers and that sort yes. of thing, yes, my I thoughts... Agree. My my thoughts on uh, yes. on any game like that can be very easily summed up by yes. how I feel the majority of the time when a level mm-hmm. starts, and if I think, oh, I love this level, or yes, uh, uh, no, no, you don't hate any level in Sonic Adventure Two. I hate seventy percent of them. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah, right. Like That's it. Sucks. The gloves are off. <laughs> you know what, Wayne? Why don't you just shut the fuck up? Pup, but I can you go have, into you're Sonic giving me Adventure. some vi- one and half the time i'm thinking oh man this is a fun level yes including amy yes. levels that's uh-huh. including yep. i love all sure. of one of two yes wayne secretly yes. faps to build big the cat yes 100 <laughs> i will on. take yes I will take you will take big load campaign of yes. big the cat over uh-huh. The levels Knuckles and Rouge have in Sonic Adventure 2 no, because they no. are absolute <laughs> I, bullshit. No, 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 I love no. This man. <laughs> He's white. Wayne, I am with you 100%. That I'm not, I cannot zero. Man, I zero was not ready to scream. Are okay. you kidding me? I, the Rouge levels, that prison, unless you know exactly prison what's hall going is on. Fine. Fucking around in the temple horrible. as Knuckles? Yes, is good. No, wait, no, no. no. Death Chamber is what bad. About the mine. Okay, Death okay, Chamber is good. It has it has a map for you. It has a map. How can you <laughs> no, have trouble with a it? Aquatic. Ma- a- okay, okay the look. map is good. The map's on the wall. It's got the colors. It's good. It's good. <laughs> aquatic mine is every problem with the water temple and Ocarina of Time and none of the charm. 
Yes, but I managed to do it without the. Damn. I did it without the oxygen thingy. I did that like a chad, and I had no issues. I'm with so get out of my face. I'm get so happy that you can admit Just that you get, have tiny testicles, but that does not get, help us get, here. Get good, Wayne. <laughs> Wayne, I'm with you 100% here. I because you get. actually play other video <laughs> games and you have some sense of of quality in your taste. Oh, I play other video good. games, Nick, but I do agree with oh, my size. Of course, you can't play Sonic Adventure 2. You're a fucking boomer, bro. It's okay, no shame. <laughs> oh my god. And this is something where like I enjoyed Sonic Adventure 2 <laughs> a lot more when I was a kid, but the older I get yes, and when I, try to re yes, when I try to right. revisit it, Yes. I, and again, I don't. Go on. It's better, it feels, right? It's even better. It feels almost. It feels almost unfair. Pup, to I will like shear aged, you. Like it's aged like a fine wine, right? The first one, yes. The, the second, second one, one yes. God, no. Yeah. It's no, no. It's in my fridge right now. <laughs> well, you go replenish your milk then, like I'll replenish Sonic Adventure too. Man, this is great, great radio. Just, just screaming Brit while he's trying to make a reasonable point. All right, you want me to be American? Fine, I'll be fucking American about it. Why not? So where's your gun? Uh, it's in my oh. pants. <laughs> I've got oh. a I've got a wall of them, but they're all Nerf guns. They're not, they're, 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 they're about as real as the masculinity. <laughs> I remember starting all this with a point about the Chaos Emeralds. Oh yeah, sorry, go on, please. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, so I actually did want to ask a hypothetical, just kind of as to, to drive that home. Since we are talking about Sonic Adventure 2, because I don't hate Sonic Adventure 2. I actually no. still like that game. Yes. There's a lot yeah. of aspects of it that I, I can still really appreciate. I One of them that. is that they managed to reincorporate the Chaos Emeralds in a way that I felt like organically paid respect to Sonic Absolutely. Adventure 1. And they did interesting <laughs> things with them. Like with the, the, the stuff with the fake Emerald, it was, there was actually mm -hmm. a lot of intrigue around how that thing would operate. I it didn't make any fucking sense, but yeah, it was cool. It was a cool and, idea. And so where did it, that come from? Uh, I, don't, I still made, don't understand that. But like yeah. Sonic being able to chaos made, control with fake so kind of I I will I will concede on it follows up Tails's narrative from Sonic Adventure One where he was trying to find a new power source for his yeah so it's like and he was the one that made the fake emerald in fact it was the yellow emerald that he had from the first game where it's based off of that one so it's what like it's even like because yeah. he, get, he gets he gets he 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 that's a good point. Pissed. The piss popsicle. That's actually um, that's actually a good point. Like if they remade those games, sorry to interject just a quick second, but like that's a fun point. Like if if he had all that information from Sonic Adventure One, then yeah, that actually makes perfect sense for him to have a, a fake, especially of that color. I've never thought of that before. Wayne. Because that's awesome. Because when you think about it, Tails had a shit ton of time in his workshop to experiment it. Moreover, after the annihilation of Station Square, Tails at that point canonically. You can say he's come to the realization, I'm not always going to have access to this thing. Maybe I should yeah. make a copy. I don't ever want narrative to like spell everything out for me, but like if they remade the game, I would like a little more time with Tails working through that a little bit, especially since he immediately had another plane, a better plane that didn't need a Chaos Emerald. Yeah. And I he somehow what, didn't have a landing gear. You've given me one more reason to love Sonic Adventure 2. I appreciate you for oh that. <laughs> so uh, that's I, technically it, a reason to like Sonic Adventure one more because that's where all the time is spent with the yellow emerald. Yeah, but Sonic Adventure two is like you know it's just the the uh, you know 
the magnum opus of the series. Pop- Adventure like, 2 is my, my favorite thing. Sonic game, but I'm still thinking you're waxing a bit much. My, 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 thing, bit. my thing with Sonic I Adventure 2 what I love. is that <laughs> Sonic Adventure 2 is cool. Is Sonic Adventure 1 is yes. fun. They're both great. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I'm, I'm with you there, Wayne. The... I, I... Go ahead, yeah. sorry. My my thing with the like the chaos emeralds because I was getting on this again, and I do I do like what they did with it in in Unleashed. But here's my hypothetical: if every game, save for maybe bringing them up a couple of times uh, for comparison's sake, or or maybe even for having them in Unleashed, if you came up with a different reason, and let's take Sonic uh, Super Sonic out of the equation because I feel like that kind of diverts into a different part of this discussion because I do think that that is a very valid uh, argument against what I'm getting at here um it, that deserves to be explored more but just kind of on its basis if every game after the sonic adventure games where we saw where the chaos emeralds belonged what their purpose was in this world and what their role was to the sonic universe they felt like they had a very specific place they felt like they had a very specific history and a story and, and a meaning to this world Take those away from the other games. Come up with different MacGuffins for each of them. They would have it would have all meant the same thing because no one feels anything when they see a Chaos Emerald anymore. So it would have been no different than seeing just MacGuffin of the Week later on if it was something that was more creatively like constructed for the purposes of that plot. But if you had that happen, would it not mean that the Chaos Emeralds, if the last time we really saw them being used was Sonic Adventure 2, wouldn't they mean more to this universe? So, like, sure. as, a, as a hypothetical, let's say that we don't have Sonic games with Supersonic for, like, the next two or three story games, right? Oh, I, I'm, I'm talking. Don't... I'm talking just the just the uh, the items because again, well, Supersonic I think is a whole nother part of that discussion, and I do definitely want to get into that because again, I do think that that is a very valid point against this. But I'm just talking the well, artifacts actually, themselves. My point is in my my point is actually using the lack of Supersonic as a bonus. So oh okay. So I th- I think if you have I'll I'll finish this point and then you can go, Nick. I'm sorry. Go for it. Go for it. Um. If you had a handful of games with different MacGuffins, and we've seen from uh, from the last few games and also from the IDW comics, there's plenty of other MacGuffins in Sonic's universe that do plenty of different things that are, that are neat and unique and great. Um, having a few games narratively where they're having to contend with larger-than-life things, like take in Generations, when, Sonic has to, when you're as Sonic and you have to go against Perfect Chaos. Wouldn't it have been great if in that game Sonic could have gone how like if he could have just had a moment of holy shit, how am I going to do this? How am I going to accomplish this? Knowing what this guy is, knowing what he can do and knowing my limitations, how am I going to do this? This is I would have loved if in generations we could have gotten something like that because you don't have the Chaos Emeralds until the end. What if in the next few games? We had moments where Sonic is literally going, if only I had a Chaos Emerald, and he's having to just kind of deal with the fact that, no, I've got to deal with almost, like, a god without this. I've got to be creative. I've got to get my friends to help. This means you can actually incorporate the other characters easier. And then, when we have build-up to things that are of the scale of, like, Dark Gaia, for instance, now we need the Chaos Emeralds to win. Now the narrative can focus on this, because now... The reason for taking them from their home, the reason for assembling these things is because, no, 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 
this is too much for us. This is too much for even all of us together. Like, imagine yeah. Shadow c trying to contend with a godlike being like a Dark Gaia and having to, like, go to Sonic and go, I can't do this, and you can't do this, and we need to accept that. The perfect opportunity for this also would have been the perfect Chaos boss fight in Generations. 100%. Yeah. Having, like, got yeah. no emeralds. We had to do this with emeralds before. Um, he's, and, you he's know, I... Like favorite antagonistic force in a Sonic game. That's this why me is, and Nick uh, have a whole video about it. <laughs> this yeah. is all linking very much back to um, what I was also saying about Sonic Movie 2 as well. Like, Sonic has to overcome something still. He's not a completely flatline character. Like, what you're bringing up there with the emeralds and stuff, he still has a moment of, like, fuck, you know? I want to yeah. see Sonic get backed into a corner that it makes it more impressive that he's able to back out of it. And, and we have that also with Unleashed, when he's in his werehog form, mm. and Dark Gaia is just right there in front of him. And, and so, that's like, um, kind of jumping onto to what Cirrus was saying, is like, uh, you can even, in Unleashed, I think Unleashed is one of the best places to bring the Chaos Emeralds back, mm -hmm. especially if you're going to all these temples and everything. God, God, please put Sonic in more temples. It's such a good place for him. But, um, like, uh, you know, just don't bring it back every single game. They don't mean anything anymore. I mean, they're they not, though. Theoretically, they haven't. Like, yeah, they like for the last few games, they haven't. Yeah, in like not... Forces, they don't play a role. The only reason they're there is because you can get Supersonic as a DLC. Oh, that's right, that's <laughs> DLC. <laughs> I can pay $5 to retcon this game out of existence. It's so <laughs> stupid. It's so stupid. So... I would rather he not be there than not have a reason to be there. So, Wayne, to kind of respond to all that to you, um, yeah, like, I, I do agree with you. Like, if you if you play a lot of these games back to back, it does really feel like you're um, you're seeing a lot of the Chaos Emeralds. And I'm, I'm with you as far as, like, I think they were important in Adventure because they they reevaluated their importance. And um, they yeah, and yeah, they continue on those stories in 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 pretty cool ways. Oh, I'm typing wrong, but um, but yeah, like I I feel like when you, even when you remove them, like I we're, we are seeing some of the bigger story problems. Like yeah, forces didn't have them in the narrative at all, mm. but since we know they exist, it's a little weird that they were not involved in the slightest when we have a brand new MacGuffin. And even then, yeah, the story still revolved around a brand new MacGuffin. And I think that fell flat on its face because it, we really didn't get it. Didn't really any... explore that thing. It didn't explore it, and it's from another dimension. What does that mean? Like the potential there is is astounding. It would be incredible. And if they were allowed to explore those in the comics, I think you would get some really really cool stories. Because some of the stuff you're talking about, series, like if you read like like post Penders and pre-reboot Flynn era Archie, you're you're seeing narratives like that. They go a bit Dragon Ball a little bit with with the Chaos Emeralds and their their purpose in that world and Sonic and Shadow and this other stuff. It, it got really cool. Um but yeah no I, I agree with you. I think what anyone's really looking for when it comes to the Chaos Emeralds or any part of this really is just a little a little more fleshing out of what this world is what it means to the relationship between the world, these magical MacGuffins and these characters, because yeah, maybe they want to focus it more on kids and we want to bring in more kids, 
but I also get all these other people that are, you know, focused on the, on the lore, because when you have been around for 30 years, how are you not supposed to care about it on some level? Especially when they call back to it, like every single time there's a, there's a little callback and you're just like, I, I wish they did more with this. Like the, what you call like the, the shadows arc, like all of those games, aside from the fact that heroes seems to take place in its own nebulous world, but it also doesn't at the same time, aside from that, there's a very clear arc from what we have in Sonic one all the way to Oh six. Like there's a very clear, uh, progression of the story especially if you start out with sonic 3 and knuckles you go with sonic 3 and knuckles we have all this lore about the chaos emeralds how it functions with angel island that carries into adventure one after adventure one we get the beginning of shadows arc that carries into heroes and then his own game as poor as it is as a game and then it still has its purpose yeah it has its purpose story-wise and then we get we get shadow in uh in 06 where he's working with the United States military. He's working with the people who've tried to hunt him down and kill him for years because he as a character has moved past that. And if you're as, as a Sonic fan who was growing up with it, I was burned by Oh six when it came out, but there was one thing that didn't burn me so much. And it was the story because it was carrying a lot of things over. Like there's things in the Oh six story that make perfect sense. When you think about the buildup, think about Sonic heroes, what, who is guarding Shadow in Sonic Heroes? It's Omega. So naturally, in 06, when Mephilus takes Shadow's body and tells Omega, you were designed to kill your best friend, that should break you. And then Omega starts kicking the shit out of Mephilus in Shadow's body, and Mephilus just starts laughing because it's it's demonstrating he's right. Omega was built to kill his friend. Shadow is Shadow's story is going to be one of being betrayed. And that's what Mephilus tries to convince Shadow of. Like all of that stuff builds on previous games and it does it so well that seeing that abandoned in later games, regardless of the individual games, like uh like how good each individual game is, just seeing them abandon the continuity just really hurts as a fan. And that's the thing is yeah. that like going back and I think the thing that got me to really, really want to go back and play Sonic 3 Knuckles after watching your video, Nick, was was the Chaos Emeralds. And again, it was um, I felt like playing through it, especially once I got to that part of Angel Island and I was going through the process of uh, cleansing the emeralds and, and turning them back to the hyperform and everything. I felt like I was getting a part of this of like the world to Sonic Adventure one, which again, one of if not the first video games I ever played as a kid on a home console like that game means something to me on a level I can't explain. And it felt like I got a part of the story that I was missing for almost my entire life through that game. It felt like it they belonged together. I don't get that sense from the newer games. And I also don't get that sense from Sonic as a character. I, when when uh, Sonic is running off at the end of Forces, I remember actually thinking to myself as he's running off on off screen, I don't know who that is. I don't know who Sonic is. I don't know who this character is supposed to be. I kind of, uh, I mean, I agree with you and, and, partially don't when it comes to the later games i think there are parts of it that that do that do call back back to it um and i do think there were some very 
needed changes when they happened as they happened um from 06 mm. going forward but i i also agree with you um yeah like when you get to forces and you look back on at on everything that's changed since 06 there there's nothing connecting all of this together and as much as i despise 06 and i still do um yeah it it really is like I do think of like TV shows and something like that when they wrap up like the the main plot, but then they keep going forward. I sometimes yeah. wonder why am I watching anymore? And that's how I felt while I was playing Unleashed. And I, I know they added more to it, and I'm I am legitimately eager to go back and properly, thoroughly beat it. Cause I I, I do know Pup and a bunch of other people love it, and I want to see you know what resonates so much with everyone. But as far as like when I was kicking off that story, it really did feel foreign to me and and i'm okay with that on some level but as far as a long-term fan is concerned even i have to admit after we dropped the the four kids cast i i had to admit i kind of missed them and when i heard shadow talk again for the first time i i was not happy about it <laughs> are you saying you don't like him talking like this and when we and i know this kind of talks about DC a little bit here and there. I, I do. I think this is why I like the Snyder cut as much as I do. Yes. Is the, is, <laughs> is the continuity there? Yeah. I'm not the biggest, I'm not the biggest fan of Zack Snyder or his run on these movies or his interpretations no. of these characters or his political leanings. Pup, you should look into that. He but literally supported I'm Biden over Trump. Shit. Oh God. Okay. 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 He okay. literally <laughs> made Superman an immigration Dang allegory. Man. What yeah. else do you want? Sir, you left sir, sir, can we install a, a siren? Can we just get like a siren button? We just have a, we just have a, pol this is the politics siren. Like this. this <laughs> Less Ayn Rand. So, and that's as far as I'll go. But he's a good man though. He's a good guy. So yeah, let's, let's take this over there a little bit. When we're talking about things that are not earned. And that was Sonic Forces. I think we need to re-examine it a little bit in terms of what were they trying to convey? Because yeah. I think a lot of fans are are missing potential of the future there. They're going for darker points of being. Shadow is a little more in line with what he used to be. He's not quite there yet, but he's playable. And this feels a little more in line with what they were doing in Adventure without really understanding why those games were important to people. But at the same time, like I said in my review, and I've heard you guys say as well, we have seen Sonic do this stuff well. We have seen these stories played out well, and they were earned, even in a world where the world's already taken over by Robotnik. Even in cheesy, goofy stories with mocap, there, there's something to cling on to. And even with all this time, even with reworking the brand and making it safe and palatable, even with all of this, when you play through Sonic Forces, None of this feels earned. None of it feels genuine. And it's it's truly disappointing. So I hope they learn those lessons and just let Ian Flynn write a fucking video game. I fucking hate Sonic. <laughs> I think that's I think that's the that's the perfect thing to like wrap things up on is just we this there is a so everybody here when we and we probably should have done this in the very beginning. What's but... the name of the episode? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> the, the name of the episode is now I Hate Sonic. Thank you, Pop. <laughs> so I think I think the perfect thing to end out on is 
each one of us is a very different kind of Sonic fan. I am the I'm I, not. I am, <laughs> oh my gosh, pup. <laughs> I will argue with anything. <laughs> <laughs> you are the you are devil's advocate incarnate, and it's why I love it's why I loved having you on my twenty four hour stream for like eleven hours of it. Holy shit! Um, but <laughs> so, so yeah, you still owe me my uh, payment for that. By the way, um, uh, you get paid in Scooby <laughs> snacks. Uh, no serious poo camel bust. Oh god, no. Anyway, anyways, so. To, to, to kind of wrap things up, each one of us is a very different kind of Sonic player. Like I, I am the type of Sonic, I am the type of Sonic man who grew up uh, with friends who had Genesises, who grew up, you know, playing these games at friends' houses, not owning them myself until I got to start experiencing Sonic on Nintendo. So then I got introduced to Adventure Two, One, Heroes, and going forward, and then got the Mega Collection and fell in love with all the 2D games. The wor- and I have a whole video about like the the kind of world that I existed in when Adventure Two came out. There was a there's a type of fan that I became, and that was this person that entered Sonic expecting stories. Like that's that's what Adventure Two and Adventure One gave me good solid stories, and that's what I wanted going forward. And I know each of us is a very different kind of Sonic fan, and so all of us are have a love hate relationship with the Hedgehog for a reason that is different for each of us. I mean, yeah, we're looking for different things from the brand. Like, obviously, I'm the right kind of Sonic fan, but, like, <laughs> you guys have some good perspectives as well, for definite. There we go. Yeah. 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 They give us so much to love and hate, though, you know? that It's yeah. it's really kind of hard to pinpoint any of it, and it's hard for any kind of unity in this fan base when, yeah, it's long, lasted as long as it did, and it, it can't quite commit to any one idea. It's quite frustrating. Hopefully they've taken some time to just kind of rework things and find a new jumping on point, I guess. I think that's a good move. Less like less of the whole, ah, we're bringing back this and this and this and this and this from your childhood. More, okay, here's a, a nice uh, evergreen landscape. Like, let's do, let's I mean do something that. new that's good. Yeah, isn't like, I don't mean like more actual evergreen landscapes, but like they've got a fresh slate. They've got something that, Sure, it doesn't, you know, contradict previous games, but it doesn't, like, rest on them the way games like Sonic Forces and Generations do. I think that's a good way to go, make a nice AAA 3D platformer, and go from there. I just want to know what to expect from a 3D game. That's all I want. Yeah. As many different directions and as many, like, different places as the Sonic franchise can take us, I'm hoping that this is going to be a good time for us together to kind of share our thoughts on where it's been, where it's going, and where it is right now. And we hope that all of you are going to enjoy the discussion and be able to join in on it as well. With that said... Can't wait to argue. <laughs> can't, well... wait, can't wait to argue with all of you in the comment section. <laughs> this I'm has been to the next episode. This, this is, this is going to be great. Can this we record has been, it now? This has, been, <laughs> this has been Sunset City. We've, or at least we've been Grandma. here in Sunset City. You've been here in Sunset City. Uh, but now it's time for you to leave. Go. I'm in England. We're done. Well, the sun is setting on sunset. Whatever. We'll figure it out later. Shut up. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> See you next mission.